0: Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Hi, D'Anthony. Shut up. (laughs) You know what time it is. Ugh. It's game time. It's World War Three
1: time, Dan. Yeah, I can't wait. I packed my bags. I put a bunch of snack packs, mm-hmm. like Jell-O pudding. Yeah, yeah. Well, snack obviously, packs, right? Uh, in my rucksack, I don't have any gear. It's you don't all. Need it, right? It's all pudding. Yeah.
0: yeah, you can fight terror with pudding.
1: I feel is. like if I if I get confronted by an armed assailant and I pull the pudding out and either offer it to him or take the cap off and just smear it on my face, they'll mm-hmm. think I'm either crazy or friendly. Either way, I've I feel like I'll make it out of that. I think so. Yeah. I
0: think I think you're good. I don't see why not. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, this is obviously one of the biggest topics um, that we've had of the year. Nailed it. Boom. It's Jan 6. Uh, no, uh, it was one of the biggest things to happen in a long time as far as war is concerned in this country. Or a possibility of it, I should say. Well, I don't know. Trump's stacking up a... Pretty nice body count
1: now. It's killing back, it, isn't it? and these two assholes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so
1: we thought we'd do a show on it. And you know, it's funny. All Hillary Clinton did was kill Jeffrey Epstein. That's it. That's all she
0: did. Come on. I mean, it's rookie numbers. Uh, let <laughs> to get those numbers up. Maybe <laughs> it depends on what Epstein knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, well, Who knew more, Epstein or Soleimani? Yeah. Yeah, he may have found out. <laughs> Either way, you guys have uh, flooded the inboxes with uh, Iran, um, what's going to happen, um, what it means to the Iraqi people and everything else. And uh, we have a very special guest on the show today, Hamidi Jassim. Obviously, you know him as the terrorist Whisper. That was one of our biggest shows of last year. He is back to, uh, to give his opinion as an actual Iraqi citizen and a war fighter over there. Yeah, he was an intelligence operator over there for quite some time, so he knows a thing or two about a thing
1: or two. He's been getting calls uh, all week mm-hmm. from people in the military there and others just kind of describing the situation on the ground and some other things that have happened that haven't really made it to the U.S. press yet.
0: Yeah, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, I would I would take the advice of what he says over, I don't know, let's just say any Hollywood actor right now. Yeah. Just any one of them. Just come up here and get your award. Thank your <laughs> agent, your God, up. and fuck off. <laughs> uh, but as always, kids, you know the rules. We got sponsors who pay for this whole shit wagon to be on the air. First and foremost, talking about GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros. Look, the show drops at 8 p.m. EST. Okay, mm-hmm. It's 5 p.m. Pacific. The deal's still going on until midnight tonight. This is Jan six. 25% off everything in the entire store that is sheets, pillows, mattresses, adjustable bases, you name it. There is no better deal on the planet. I'm not going to go into... Actually, the fucking pay-as-you-go program does apply to this, Oh, really? which is crazy to me. Yeah, they're, I got an email. They're, they're doubling up. And I was like, there's no way that applies. And he goes, yeah, that applies. So tell people. And I was like, shit. So not only do you get 25% off of everything in the entire store, yep, but you also get the 36-month pay-as-you-go program, no interest, are they just giving the fucking mattresses away at this point? Or
1: Yeah, I was uh, just standing in my house the other day, minding my own business, and so somebody came by and threw a box with a mattress in it at me. <laughs> like, just Take it. Yeah, this is viral marketing, I think. 25% calling, off, right? yeah. 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 Then the, some guy hit me with a pipe and took my money, and I'm like, all right, that was kind of worth it, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. <laughs> Again, this is, this is it. You're down to four hours.
1: Can you imagine that scenario, though? Like somebody shows up and basically robs you but leaves you with an item. You're like, well, fuck, man. I mean, I mean that's belief that your product is good. Yeah. Like I can assault and rob this person, and they're still going to be
0: happy. And they're the not the going to report it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So, look, look, at least you'll have something comfortable to lie on when you're knocked out. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got uh, – Well. Ooh, we, is it boxofawesome.com? com? Yeah, we got box of awesome. God damn it, boxofawesome.com. Dot com. Love, love box of awesome.com. If you're a dude in this life and you're just looking for cool shit once a month, here's the thing. My wife uh, gets that birch box. Mm. She gets that birch box bullshit and it's like, I don't know, 14 bucks or whatever it is. As a dude, <clears throat> this look, you're not getting just a tube of lipstick with like rainbow colors on it. You're getting the dopest shit you could possibly have in this lifetime as a man. a yeah. man. Uh, I'm talking fucking knives, Bowie knives. I mean, you got uh, f- fucking dop kits. You got travel bags. You got uh, what's the liquor kit that you got? Uh, it's a whiskey decanter. That's right. And you, I got, mean, a, you got the I, you got the casket. That's what I wanted. Yeah, um, but it was gone. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna get it. I know. So fuck, fuck off. fucker. Uh, go to boxofawesome.com today. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for twenty percent off your first box here's the deal. Just sign up for the rest of the year. Because when you do that, the box just shows up once a month. Yeah. And it's like Christmas every single month, except it's, I would say it's better than Christmas because you're getting cool shit that like your relatives aren't going to get you.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's like Christmas, but you don't actually have to see another human being.
0: <laughs> Which is perfect for me. Exactly. Because Which... I don't want to see any other human beings. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, go to boxofawesome.com today. Promo code drinking bros 20 percent off that first box and you all you're gonna do is just fill out like five questions just about your life uh super quick and then they're gonna send you dope shit based on who you are as a man now if you're super femme they'll probably send you some form of you know uh rainbow tie for the back of your man bun well it's bespoke posts so they have bespoke
1: items for people yeah so So
0: it's gonna be nice if you have a man bun yeah um but uh, it's the best shit on the planet. I love I've, We've been a member of them for a long time now. So uh, I'm amped about boxofawesome.com. Promo code Bros 20% off. Last but not least, uh, we got killcliffcbd.com. Ooh. Yeah. my fave, dude. Oh, yeah. My fave. I don't
1: remember the last night that I didn't drink one of these before I went to sleep. Me neither. Um, by the way, I'm all grape now. I'm, I, I like grape, but I, I'm orange and mango. I like orange kush and uh, mango tango. Those are my favorites. The I
0: like mango better than I thought I would, actually. I, that, that happened to me with uh, White Claw, too, by the way. Which one? Mango. Oh, the mango one, a, yeah. A lot yeah, of people yeah. said their favorite is mango. They had those I, at the Cowboys Stadium. It. Raspberry is my, still my favorite. Mango's creeping up there. It's, it's, it's uh, popping up the charts. Yeah, at the Falcon Stadium, too. That's all they had mm-hmm. was mango. You could only get one flavor, and I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's ride because I was at that LSU, uh, Oklahoma game with my child. Um, they did not have killcliffcbd.com uh, there, and I wish they did. It's 25 milligrams of CBD in a can. No THC. You will not test for it if you're uh, working a job that requires a drug test out there. This will take away all the aches and pains. And, man, I, for me, it just it helps put me to sleep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that just helps relax you a little bit mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, look, CBDs. Everybody thinks, because there's so much bullshit out there these days, Right, uh, vitamins, for example, like chewing on a big piece of concentrated vitamin C is probably not going to do a whole lot for you. Like your body likes to consume shit naturally, and that's been the big problem with CBD over the years. Everybody thinks it's some new snake oil that, oh, well, everybody's just using it, so it must be bullshit. No. The Israelis have been studying this shit since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. They perfected the formula at this point. Like it's CBD. Like it's a very specific, it's one of dozens of cannabinoids that are in a a cannabis plant and this one just happens to be the one that promote it's the one that all these medical people have been talking about for the last 20 years trying to get it legalized right like trying to get actual weed legalized they've been talking about this particular part of the plant because it promotes homeostasis it promotes um uh like or it helps with joint pain it helps with all this other bullshit and it obviously helps relax and make you sleep which is you know Going down that list of items is like every fucking infantryman in the world and every cop that's been standing, an EMT guy that's been standing up on his feet for 12 hours at a time is like, oh, shit. Yeah. That sounds like my dumb ass. Exactly. So I've been popping pills and fucking my liver up for the last 20 years. Maybe it's time to switch over to something that's actually good for you. Switch
0: on over to KillCliffCBD.com. Promo code Drinking Bros, 20% off a case of this shit. 20% off a case of it. And you get free shipping. Knocks it down to like, I don't know. Three dollars and ninety nine cents a can. Mm. It's, I mean, it's the same price as a can of Monster, except you get twenty five milligrams of CBD in it, and it's more importantly a company you trust. It's Killcliffe. It's not some janky ass fucking Chinese company with a you know three stars on it. Oh, CBD? There's not- a dragon with three heads on it. Yeah, where you're just like, bro, what the fuck am I drinking today? Yeah. Uh, it Kilcliff. Look, you know him. You've known him forever. Go to KillCliffCBD.com <laughs> today. Promo code Drinking Bros, twenty percent off. Try the fucking and free shipping. Try the fucking great man. That's the best in the biz. Uh, John, Timar, and I from Kill were drinking uh, orange Kush and Tito's. That's what I had at the uh, Army Navy game. Or I'm sorry, it's actually stateside vodka. Yeah, at the Army Navy game, it's yeah. the best, dude. The best. Uh, so it pairs well. With big a, fan with a nice vodka. God damn it, man! That was a that was a great time at that game. Um, Thanks. Shout out to KilcofCBD.com yeah. for that. Uh mm-hmm. it was great. We eased on into that stadium. Yep. Uh, all right, kids, here we go. Let's talk about Iran, shall we? <laughs> Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Look, today's one of those days where you have a massive news story and you get flooded with messages, emails, texts, and everything. And, and everybody who listens to the show. Ask you, hey, can we please talk about the Iran situation obviously there's a lot of memes going on right now uh, doesn 't seem to be to me at least that a lot of people are taking this seriously other than Rose McGowan well
1: college kids are freaked out about having to register for lo- selective service, but that's been going on since forever so just relax yeah 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 like this is not we 're not going to have a fucking draft you idiots so Most, none of you dummies. Like, here's what I want to do. I want to do an old school Jay Leno survey, like a man on the street survey, and and just interview these people who are worried about the draft and point out all the reasons why they would never get drafted. (laughs) Like, one, you're a pussy. (laughs) Two, you're fat as shit, dude. (laughs) Three, you're probably a felon. You're high right now. (laughs) <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about? You were undraftable and you're unlovable
0: as well. Yeah, uh, and that's that's something that people should probably just take a, a look in the mirror at and yeah. not even worry about the war itself. Just yeah. within the war within, I think. You know who's the, doing great right now are recruiters
1: in rural areas. All oh, these, I'm sure. All these like uh, like country white dudes just like oh fuck yeah man, I want to go to because it was the same way in two thousand one. Like, how many of us signed up because of that shit? (laughs) A lot.
0: Uh, So today, we thought we would bring in our Iraqi expert, um, because he lived there a little bit just a little bit <laughs> my whole life yeah how uh, many see seem obviously you remember the terrorist ter- ter- you, you fucked his name again dude did i really we just Hamedi. went over it how many just i got it right right
2: you yeah, got it right you're no, saying ham right. ham ha- have him ham say no no he got it. it just there it is i, I got it right and I wasn't even yeah close. <laughs> god
0: damn it dan i'm your translator today um, so we, we, we've got you in studio um, from obviously the author of The Terrorist whisper and uh, director of, of the movie, uh, which is on Amazon right now. Um, and then afterwards, we've got uh, Matt Best, uh, Mr. Evan Hafer and Jared Taylor, um, who are going to give their thoughts as well, because this is a big topic. This is uh, this is one of the big ones. And D'Anthony, you and I were uh, with Alex Jones what three weeks ago. Yeah, and one of our end of the decade lookbacks and then predictions for the following decade was, "Hey, man, who is the next Bin Laden? What's going to happen next?" Right. If you remember, this guy called it. I said, "Dude, I think Iran is next." And then, yeah. boom, it happened two or three weeks later.
1: Well, they've been fucking around a lot lately, and over time, I mean, ever since ever since we've been in Iraq. You know what I mean? They saw the destabilization of Iraq, and that's what happened when we invaded, let's be clear. We Mm -hmm. destabilized the fuck out of that country. But they saw the destabilization as an opportunity because 83 or so percent of the Iraqi population is Shia. Iran is predominantly Shia as well, Uh, other than that, like, weird. There's some Assyrian Christians and Zoroastrians and shit over there, but mostly it's Shia uh, Muslims. So uh, those are the only two countries in the world, if I'm not mistaken, that are both majority Shia states, Shia, right? Yep. Yeah. So they saw it as an opportunity. So of course they've been fucking with us since the beginning. Russia has been wanting to destabilize us since, I don't know, the nineteen mid-1940s. And it's been going on forever. And they work with Iran a lot and they've provided like the RPG-29, uh, EFP explosives and all this other bullshit that have made their way through Iranian hands into Iraq. So it's nothing new. Like this Soleimani guy has been a dick for a while. And it's, it's more problematic than just the stuff that he did as chief of the Quds Force uh, in Iraq, the things that I find more problematic are things that I don't hear anybody talking about, which are the fact that sometime in the mid-2000s or maybe even early 2000s, it's hard to say, Kuds um, Force bolstered their support of Hezbollah in a big way. And Hezbollah started to move most of their money instead of the Lawa networks. They were using uh, FARC in South America, narco-terrorists, to traffic money and people, Right. So we have these close borders, and we already have this huge border problem, in this in our southern border, mm-hmm. and just you know a couple of, couple of you know days travel south are all these all this money and all these people who have been paid for the last I don't know fifteen years to buy Hezbollah and Soleimani ran that project. So there's all kinds. It's it's more than, <clears throat> more than just what we've seen
0: so far. That's what I'm seeing from an Iraqi perspective. Um, somebody who's obviously born there, uh, lived there, and served there. What does his death mean to you and to the people of Iraq specifically?
2: I think I would like to, to, to congratulate more than just the American nation uh, on the death of General Qasem Soleimani. This death is uh, not just any death. You know, A lot, a lot of Americans are kind of like walking with a box in their head. They only watch what the American news is delivering to them. So you kind of can't blame them for what they already uh, talking about about General Soleimani, uh, y- you know, like many of the young generation have no idea who actually General Soleimani is. The way they look at him, he's just an Iranian general. They don't mm-hmm. know the history or the background of General Soleimani fighting against the Americans in Iraq back during the surge. I mean, Soleimani had just as much blood in his hand as al-Qaeda had uh, during the surge in Iraq. He actually, uh, as a Shiite country, he went and negotiated with al-Qaeda against our troops. Um, he has cost a lot of Americans their lives. Over 600 Americans were killed due to uh, Soleimani's uh, planning in, in Iraq. Mm-hmm. So Soleimani's death has, um, it is significant. I consider it personally as a, you know, as someone who worked in the, the intelligence sector, who been undercover and I operated against his top operatives back during my time. Um, I consider this probably bigger than the Bin Laden uh, death. Probably bigger than al-Baghdadi uh, death. Uh reason why, <laughs> you know, away from politics, the reason why this is bigger um, accomplishment than both of these uh, bigger terrorists because Qasem Soleimani is the architect in the Middle East. He is basically the engineer that basically executes all the Iranian agenda in the Middle East. Um, He's the one that's controlling Lebanon with Hezbollah. He's controlling Iraq by all those militias. He's controlling Syria. I mean, just if you look into the lives of how many lives has been taken since Soleimani became the architect in the the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Um, So many. I mean, he has killed the Kurds that rise up in Iran, asking for their independency. Um, He has killed recently the Iraqi protesters who also rise for their own freedom and to be free out of the Iranian influence, uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. Literally any city in Syria, he walked in, it got destroyed, and mm-hmm. the people of that city got killed. So you're looking at somebody who is not obviously dumb, who politically knew how to build relationships with personalities in the Middle East and have a dominant control of all politics, not just Shia allies, which a lot of people are thinking, oh, because he's Shia, he's going to go talk to other Shia politicians. No, in Iraq, he has both Sunni and Shia politicians in his own pocket because he learned the game. Mm. He learned to have control politically in each country. and
1: Yeah, he was running yeah. uh, the, the whole uh, bridge between uh, Bashar al-Assad in Syria yeah. and Russia was Soleimani that whole time. Yeah. Like he's the guy that negotiated that whole deal with them. So all the shit that happened in Syria over the last couple of years mm-hmm. has been, he is, as he said, the architect of all this shit. Yeah. I mean, he's been involved since the 1980s in their military, in Iran's yeah. military, so during the Iran-Iraq War, yeah. supporting Hezbollah from a very early time when he was in the 41st Infantry Division, and uh, that in 1983, the Beirut bombings, we all know about that, it's the first major act of, of uh, like explosive terrorism, if you want to call it that, like bombing terrorism uh, in, in the Western world, or at least against a Western target. Um, he's been around for a while and doing fucked up shit for a while. Like this is, it's, it's interesting to me. I understand some of the complaints, I guess, like, was this tactically smart to do this? Mm -hmm. I I can, I can stomach those and have that conversation, but there are some people that are losing their goddamn minds over this. Like this guy wasn't some piece of shit. Lack of education. It is yeah.
2: what it is. I think a lot of people don't realize who that guy is. Um, I think it's it's shame for America to to let someone's live that had American blood in his hands that's the number one factor yeah and, and yeah. I, I,
0: I hate to interrupt you here because yeah. I've I've read that yeah. not only did Bush have an opportunity to kill him multiple times Obama but so did, did Obama too. as well yeah why didn't they knowing like you said that there was so much blood on his hands already
2: the problem you know the, the Obama administration considered uh, an attack on Soleimani but then they uh, declined it because the type of policies you were carrying out is they were going towards a uh, beast negotiation, nuclear deal uh, negotiation, and um, they did not basically have the balls to make such a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that President Trump was the first president actually to have the balls to end such a criminal. Um, this guy had a lot of American blood in his hands since the 80s. But I'm talking about the ones that I lived through. When I operated in Iraq, I mean – half of our American soldiers were killed because of this guy. So he made a great decision by eliminating him because it's not only uh, justice for the soldiers that we lost overseas in Iraq. This guy made sure Iraq was never stable during the surge. This guy made sure Iraq was never able to claim his independency. He wanted the Americans to leave. He was actually one of the engineers that made sure the Americans were uh, pulling out of Iraq. And of course the policy in DC back then was helping him to get his goals. I mean, look, when you watch my film and you see we're operating toe-to-toe with the Iranian operatives and Al-Qaeda operatives, it was a competition in a certain way. But as soon as the U.S. military pulled out of Iraq, there was no more competition. They became the dominant. They became the ones that control and called all the shots. And that's just an example to show you that we might have gave Soleimani the tools Mm -hmm. To actually be successful in all of his agenda and rise up, you know, like just his stocks went up when we pulled the troops out. That's what it seems
0: like to me. Like now, you know, obviously hindsight is 2020, not just because of the year. Yeah. But because we're actually able to look back. Boom, nailed it. No. Um, my, My question is this. With the Obama deal, giving them all that money, the nuclear deal, all of that shit that Trump pulled out of. Yeah. Wouldn't that only advance his agenda? Here's what I think
1: about that, just just before we move on. So we kill uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, right? Mm -hmm. We take him out of power, blah, 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 and that becomes the most unstable country in the region. I think the Obama idea was that, look, this guy's a bad dude, but he is, like, there's no question in my mind, and you can speak to this as well, I think Soleimani was, until a couple days ago, the most powerful human being in the Middle East. He was. Like, he sits at the intersection of Sunni, Shia, like, the Russia connection, old school, the Quds Force. Mm. So that means Hezbollah. That means fucking uh, South American narco-terrorism. He, without any doubt, was the most powerful person over there. And our experience thus far has been every time, like, when you kill uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, 80 different fucking warlords pop up. When you cut the head off of the Taliban... It just convert uh, reverts back to tribal warlords, right? right? Like every time we fucking knock off one of these powerful dudes that seem to have everybody shit out else of control, is fighting for their spot. Power vacuum yeah. happens and it's just unstable and fucked up. I think, I think Obama let his ego take control of his decision making process. He he wanted to be the person that solved that Iran situation, and he's like, "Well, this is the way to solve it." I get it, but it's stupid. Like, there's no way to solve that. Like, you can't. You can't ever come back to the table with a guy who's been a terrorist. That just—that's not how life works, right? And Some, sometimes peacemaking
2: is not the best option. No. Even though I'm all about peace and making, you know, a peaceful solutions to mm-hmm. you know before war starts or anything like that. But in this case, you know, having a peaceful agreement with Iran was not going to be the best thing. Because in this agreement, we did not limit their activities in the Middle East. We did not stop them from having control over all these countries. Um, Soleimani had a long history of education, a long history understanding the personalities that he deals with. Perhaps all the Iraqis that worked under Soleimani right now in the Iraqi government are people he fought with in the same battle back in the 80s. These are her soldiers. So imagine the kind of communications that Soleimani has. Because who got killed in his airstrike? Abu Madi al Abu Madi al knew him since the 80s. That's the second guy, right? That's the second guy. He is actually an Iraqi. Uh, I think he's half Iraqi, half Persian. Um, These were the battle corps members. Battle corps was basically uh, anti-Saddam Hussein movement that operated against Saddam back in the 80s by someone named Abdul-Masir al-Hakim, and they slowly moved to Iran, and Iran backed them up against Saddam's regime. All of these members have fought in the same line with Qasem Soleimani. So you're talking about these guys have been around each other forever. Mm. And Abu Medi al and Hadi al became basically the rulers of Iraq in the name of Iran. So killing both of them in one Earth strike This was a huge accomplishment. You did not only get our revenge back for what they did to our soldiers, but also you just killed the whole entire machine for Iran. Because how would Iran execute his agenda? This is the best brain and mindset they have. This is the guy that's been doing all these things for all these years. He is the orchestra. Now he's gone. Iran had a very huge problem into who they're putting next. And whoever they're putting next does not psychologically have the capability to do the job that Soleimani was doing. No,
1: there's it. no way. They filled it already, right? Yeah, I'm sure they filled it, but it took him 40 years to build the, the power and contacts he's built. Right. There's,
0: I mean, there's no stepping into that position. And they killed his number two. So, uh, yeah. if it, you
2: know. The, the next guy is Ismail Khani. That's his name. Um, he got appointed by Ayatollah. Um, you got to know the personalities that you're dealing with.
0: Yeah, you what's know, his sitch?
2: The, Qasem Soleimani was a very smart person, politically educated, um, had a very different style of dealing with his people. I mean, look, during my time, Soleimani would dare be in, like a mile from the U.S. Embassy. Yeah. But now, after we pulled out the troops, he's right in front of the U.S. Embassy. He's moving all over Iraq. Literally, he owns Iraq. But you have to see the personalities you deal with. Right now, Ismail Khani is the new guy. And even though we're celebrating the death of Qasem Soleimani, but we got to watch out. Qasem Soleimani may be a little wise person dealing with politics in the Middle East. The new guy that just got appointed is more of a selfish personality. He is an extremist from Khorasan Iran. He's basically an extremist. He does not think. So we got to watch out of the new guy and the mentality that we, we, yeah. we we're, we're dealing with. He's
1: also got the mandate to get retribution somehow. So you can – look, they don't have the capability to do a lot of different – they don't have the capability to do some stuff. But what worries me the most is uh, strikes against naval vessels because they do have a navy. Like if they tried to do anything with their air force, they would be – we would annihilate their country in in like seconds, right? That would never work. The navy is kind of the same, but it's – that whole bullshit they've been pulling in international waters over the last couple of years is something they can continue to do to harass people without any In the Strait of what, Hormuz? Hormuz, yeah. Hormuz, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that, that stuff. But the thing that really concerns me is the fact that for the last 15 or 20 years, they've been funneling billions of dollars through South America. And if they can move... So the Alawa network, that's a hand-to-hand exchange of cash because they, don't, they want to stay off digital networks because they don't want the governments to be able to track their money, right? Mm-hmm. So when they send money to, to fund a, a terror operation, they send cash, they don't send money. Or they use Bitcoin or, or the dark web, or there's all kinds of different ways.
2: They've been using Iraq to liquidate their oh, yeah. money. Yeah, I mean, this about. is why they control Iraq. Yeah, Really? Because they've been using Iraq to uh, get rid of all their, you know, their products and everything, getting into Iraq. I mean, that's why sanctions didn't affect them as much in my opinion. It did not affect him as much because they can still use other countries. I mean, you're not dealing with Iran demographically as just Iran. They're in Iraq and Lebanon and Syria and Yemen. They're everywhere.
1: They are everywhere, and they may be. I mean, look, there's no. if, If I'm Soleimani and I have that big of a hold on the Middle East, and I'm thinking about, well, what's the next step? Like, what? What's the worst case scenario here? That's that the United States fucking invades Iran, right? Like maybe somebody like Trump get I don't think that we're going to war with Iran. But maybe somebody like Trump and this is a fear based uh thought process, but maybe somebody like Trump gets elected, maybe they decide to go to war and they fucking come in here and start fucking us up like they did Iraq, right? What do I want to have in place? So the first thing Iraq did was ship their money, their weapons, a lot of their people over to Syria, to Libya, to Iran, shit like that. That's the first thing they did. Mm-hmm. Uh so If I'm him and I'm like, well, how can we make this a global fight? Because that's what, I mean, it's called a global jihad for a reason. Uh, I have these contacts and billions of dollars floating around in South America. That's what worries me. Like if they can get pallets of cash there, they can get people there. If they can get people there, they can definitely get people here. Yeah, we we have no
0: borders, so they can come over. I mean, it's it's not hard getting. Yeah, 48 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah,
2: really not hard. You know, like we're probably the weakest borders in the world. You know, like uh, people come in. I think what fifty thousand people a day. Something like that enters our borders. Um, You know, the question is, is, I think the public is not educated completely about what's happening and why did we, why did we airstrike Qasem Soleimani. People was, think people well, think there, of it.
0: There was a report that said that he was planning multiple. People attacks. think is that, that was
2: just a Trump that was sitting on his table and decided to airstrike Azim suleimani <laughs> and it's not the case.
1: My understanding is he got four options for different things based on the threat analysis and he made a decision to fucking smoke this dude. And that what I'm hearing actually from some of the some people on the left from the intelligence community is that they didn't think he was going to take that option. That's why they presented it. Mm. That's, that could just be hearsay, I don't know. But right. that's, that's an interesting take, because uh, I think, look, there's gonna be ramifications from this, obviously. For sure, yeah. But here's the, here's the thing that fucks with me about the news, particularly uh, Congress and CNN over the last couple of days, they're like, why hasn't Trump come out and said, why? Like, why didn't he unveil all the fucking extremely classified information about why he did this? What do you mean, why? fuck You didn't do that like yeah, I, I don't understand it, it makes zero we're, sense we're in open conflict in iraq yeah yeah we're it's and now th- th- that's the funniest why part would you of let everybody
0: know what you're I going no to idea. do
1: here here's the here's exactly. the dumbest part to me so nancy pelosi's trying to push a bill now to limit the war powers act that was signed back in 2001 mm-hmm. um after 9-11 i think it was in november of 2001 um <clears throat> that never occurred to them through Obama's administration when he was drone striking the fuck out of people. You know, they rewrote the rule to decide what collateral damage was. Any quote-unquote military-age male anywhere near a drone strike was considered an enemy combatant unless there was explicit proof he wasn't. So they were like, oh, yeah, we didn't kill that many civilians. Like, any child, any male child 13 years or older that died is an enemy combatant
0: according to those rules. Right. I mean, it's come on. Man. It's going to keep getting crazier. By the way, yeah. the shit that they're yeah. they're trying to pass. Uh, as an I, an Iraqi citizen, yeah. What did his death mean to you personally, um, and to the people of Iraq?
2: It meant a lot, of course, because you know they just recently killed many of the Iraqi protesters uh, who were protesting against the Iranian influence. Obviously, twenty four million Iraqis want Iran out of Iraq. They don't want to have anything want to do with them. There is a small percentage of the militias that follow Iran that has loyalty to Iran wants to control the Iraqi government because that's been the case since the troops pulled out. Um, What I wanted to mention earlier, that we aristocrat Soleimani for one reason. Soleimani was planning to attack Americans in Iraq, and that was the only reason he showed up in a plane uh, coming from Lebanon.
0: What's the significance of Lebanon? Why why that? Uh,
2: because he was already meeting there with Hezbollah. Okay. And he came in, and this specifically to what I have gotten from my, my sources in Iraq, they were going to attack the Americans who are working with the Iraqi military, who are basically American housed in an Iraqi bases. Mm. It was not going to be the U.S. bases in Iraq because they're not that stupid to attack a base that's full of Americans, that's full equipped. But if you attack... A small group of Americans who are there to train the Iraqi army and they're housed in this very small area inside of an Iraqi base, this is a very small group, an easy target to eliminate.
0: And, and politically, you can get away with that by saying we thought we were striking the, the, Iraqis reason, instead of the Americans. Actually,
2: the reason they wanted to attack Americans, not just for the fact they wanted to kill Americans, the fact that they were losing their grip on Iraq. 24 million Iraqis are out protesting against the Iranian influence. Soleimani has established an operation room in Baghdad into how they can change the agenda of the protesters, how they can drag Iraq into a problem they don't realize what it is. So the goal was to have an attack on the Americans and to drag, and while the Americans would respond to this attack, they would drag the Iraqi protesters to be... They wanted to drag the Iraq as a country against America. Mm. And that's the whole entire game, was let's get the Iraqis to hate America, let's get them back to fighting America again, and then they will forget about the protest. Their biggest fear was they were losing grip in Iraq because every single Iraqi was out there protesting against the Iranian influence in the middle of Baghdad. So this attack was not just a random attack. It was actually an attack to get their grip back into Iraq. Because they always used the American card. They always said, Oh, America is our enemy, they're taking our land, they're taking our oil, this is the point. But they realized um, their card has been burnt. The Iraqi protesters were extremely smart this time. And that's the power of social media. That's the power of education. That's the power of internet. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day this would have been an easy easy trick but today iraqis are very educated perhaps <laughs> when they attack the u.s embassy in iraq just two miles away that's where 24 million iraqis are protesting against the iranians but not one of them have entered the green zone they were hoping for them to enter the green zone so they can attack the u.s embassy and claim that the iraqi people attacked the u.s embassy
0: but ah. the protesters
2: were smart enough to know this is a trick perhaps this is why Soleimani was losing his cool because these were not dummies. They were smart people. Yeah. And they knew. And the Iraqi people said, well, this is not my problem. I'm not attacking the embassy. And I don't have a problem with America. And that's what's been killing them. So they got sized as a militia and a loyalist to Iran. Now you can see that they're a small minority, a small percentage. And they were exposed. So they were going to attack the Americans, hoping to get the country to turn against America somehow, some way, And they failed. <laughs> but we struck Qasem Soleimani way before he struck us, and that was the right move by the president. You know, I, I think that was a the perfect move because we should not have wait for them to drag a whole entire country against us and war against our soldiers. And we basically took care of him before he took care of us. Yeah. So then, why? Look,
1: there, nobody's talking about this right now, but about a month and a half ago, uh, Iraqis burned down the Iranian consulate in Najaf, which is a, by the way, a primarily Shia area in the southern part of Iraq. Like they stormed the embassy and burned it to the fucking ground. Yeah. So this idea that Iraqis are somehow pissed off that we killed this the Shia leader in mm-hmm. their country yeah. is nonsense. It's it not is true. absolutely so, nonsense. So why
0: did Iraqi Parliament? Yeah. A couple of days ago, say we want all of U.S. troops out of Iraq.
2: Do you ask yourself who the Iraqi parliament's are? Yeah, you it's know, fucking it, Muqtada al-Sadr. Uh, it, but that, but who are they?
0: Exactly. And who That's, that's why I, I wanted to who ask. Who is the
2: Iraqi parliament yes. right now? Yeah. Ninety-five percent of them voted to get the Americans out. Every single parliament member, only for except for five percent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about five percent because I know exactly the group that didn't want to do that. Because they were educated politicians. They knew that Iraq would go to shit, basically. But 95% of them, Sunni and Shia, voted to get the American troops out. 24 million Iraqis are protesting against who? It's against those guys, against the members of the parliament. They want them out mm. because they're all in the Iranian payroll. Soleimani controlled every single person in that parliament. And I'll tell you one thing. If one of them, I'm talking about the 95, 95% of Iraqi parliament, if one of them changes his position or changing his opinion or go against Iran, they had him blackmailed. There's a lot of money being given to them. There was a lot of blackmailing. You're dealing with somebody who is an Iranian intelligent operative. He's not going to just get you to be his friends and support you without having any evidence that he would hold against you to blackmail you. So they have their grip on the Iraqi parliament for, since 2012, since the troops pulled out of Iraq. So when you're talking about the Iraqi parliament, mm-hmm. these are basically the Iranian employees in Iraq just voted to get the Americans out. What does the Iraqi's people saying right now? Where are they hashtagging right now all over the Internet? Iraqi parliament does not represent me simple right? if you want your answer if
0: but if, the, the odd thing is with the way the media is today right yeah we have people on the left in this country saying yeah trump is not our president yeah it's very similar and exactly. it's hard to decipher who to who to believe especially because exactly. look myself included i'm, I'm civilian yeah it was never military was never overseas yeah I, do, I don't understand what's going on over there um yeah. me personally right yeah. and i'm fine with admitting that the problem is everybody else on the internet. Yeah. Especially actresses. Yeah. Again, Rose McGowan, people yeah. like that have an opinion on this and they're completely uneducated and uninformed. Yeah. Um, that's uh, another part of the reason why we wanted to have you on today. Like, yeah. I want to learn about this and be educated about it because I'm, I'm not.
2: If everyone, if every actor and actress in Hollywood, um, knows how to become a counterterrorism analyst, we'll be in good hands. <laughs> we'll be in great hands, I'll tell you. Uh, you know.
1: Did you see Ricky Gervais last I did, and
2: I, I think he's right. I support him 100% of that statement because this is not something that you have knowledge about. Yeah. Most of them, as I said, they look at Qasem Soleimani as an Iranian general. They have no idea what the record this guy has. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how many Americans he has killed. Um, I think my, my opinion to Americans as an Iraqi... Don't let your hate for the president uh, blind you um, from the truth. If you don't support Trump, this is your thing. But that does not mean you would side with the enemy of America, with the people who killed our American soldiers, just because you hated Trump. It's insanity. That's like betraying your own country.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even with you know Bin Laden when, when he was taken yeah. out, like yeah. I remember as soon as I heard that news and he was going to make a press conference, Obama was like, "Dude, yeah. I, I ran to the nearest TV because I was out that night." Yeah, ran to the nearest TV. I was excited about. It. I don't give a shit who was the president. Like, yeah. it, was, it was an awesome moment for America, and I was like, exactly. "Fuck yeah!" Um, why everybody else has a, a negative opinion on it? Um, I don't. I don't.
2: I think because they look at their side of not wanting Trump and then they think that they can use everything against him. And the truth is is that President Trump executed this air for a certain reason. And I support him in that reason, whether if I was a Democrat or a Republican. I would support him on that reason because I would not want American soldiers to die in Iraq. And that's the whole point of it. Right. We made these guys active the way they are. Um, for 10 years, for the last 12 years in America, Iran has been threatening us on a daily basis. They have not seen any actions from us. We apologize to them multiple times. They have taken our sailors. Yep. They got strong. We made them the way they are. We pulled the troops out of Iraq. Look what happened. These operatives that I operated against when I was working undercover against them, they would dare. They would dare to make a threat on an American soldier. They would dare. And then all of a sudden, they had the whole country open to themselves. And all of a sudden... There was a new government in America that is a little bit more soft, soft. This is not about a Republican or Democrat. When they come to dominate you, they're like the big bully. They dominated, they dominated us psychologically. Mm-hmm. They start threatening us. They started killing our soldiers, and we, they did not have any response back. So killing Soleimani, it's the first statement in years, letting them know. If you put American blood in your hands, this will be the consequences. I think now they did realize they can't cross the red line anymore.
1: Maybe, or maybe they cross it further, and then they get. I mean, look, it, it's a game, like it's a chess game. That's what it is. It's not like it is. it's not like you can predict how somebody's going to react to something. Like, yeah, we know that uh, that Iran is a bit unhinged. We know that it's like a fucking completely dominated by this alpha male culture where if you get slight it's like jail almost you get slightly disrespected you have to respond disproportionately that's how it is over there in a lot of ways so uh sometimes look, you can either see that and be like we don't want to fuck with that well we're past that point at this point so the solution is the solution is, is like if you're if you're in that situation and there's no way to get out of it there are only a couple of options available one is to do what we've been doing over the last 10 years or so which is like all right come on guys calm it down stop doing that and the other one is to knock them the fuck out and uh you know what maybe they get back up maybe they bring their buddy next time you got to be ready to fight those guys too it's just the way it is man like the attacks on whether or not this it was strategic at this time to do this um I'm I'm fine having that conversation I think that's a reasonable conversation to have uh, but what do you do? Because like,
0: it might put us into a potential war.
1: I don't know about a war. Look, Iran can't fight us. And here's the bigger situation is that China and Russia, which is where they get their a lot of their money and a lot of their equipment and shit like that, can't afford to have a hot war even through a proxy with the United States right now. They can't afford it. There's no way. Uh, Financially? Yeah, Russia is as it always has been. It's it's a house of cards, right? It's It's... You pull one pen and the whole thing falls apart, economically speaking. Right. It's always been like that. That's why we won the Cold War. It's because uh, we went from uh, from rollback to – I'm sorry. We went from containment to detente to rollback, right? So containment was we're going to keep them out of Cuba. We're going to keep Russia out of Cuba. We're not going to let them put missiles there. We're going to fight these proxy wars all over the world. We're not going to let them put stuff there. Uh, detente was like, hey, we're just going to calm down. This is – We need to fucking just relax for a little while and the rollback was like reagan he was like "Fuck this we're gonna amass a massive amount of fucking nuclear weapons make them try to keep up with us and it'll break their economy and it worked that's the whole that was the whole the the nuclear arms race was designed specifically not to amass nuclear weapons but to break the back of the russian economy and it's historically always been like that every time russia gets into a conflict world war ii they ran out of money Mm -hmm. or lord run ran out of money (laughs) <laughs> they don't have a good economy. They never have. They never will because they're goddamn socialists. They're a socialist oligarchy. So there's like eight people over there that have all the money, and then everybody else is fucking poor. So they can't afford to pull those threads. And China has too much money invested in the United States to do that. Right. Yeah, it behooves them to keep us fat, happy, but a little bit unstable. Like this climate that we're in right now is perfect for China. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But they, what they cannot afford is a hot war. They can't afford us invading a country like Iran because that is their biggest fucking uh, proxy, and if they lose them, that changes the whole game.
0: If they lose Iran. Yep. Uh, and when you say proxy mm-hmm. uh, for the general yeah. audience out there, what does that mean? Exactly? I mean that uh,
1: somebody like Soleimani from the Quds Force and, and other people like Bashar al-Assad actually did it directly for some reason, but they will liaise with, like Russia will send, FSB guys, which is the new KGB, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll send FSB, other intelligence operators, generals to train their army to get them funding. Like when we first got to Iraq, we found all these dudes running around with, uh, with like advanced night vision. Like, what the fuck? How did you get any of this? It all came from Russia. Uh. So that stuff happens a lot. So equipment, I mean, it's the same shit that America does. Um,
2: it's reverse psychology kind of thing. Like they will come in, they'll establish small groups all over Iraq. We're yeah. all over Syria, and have control mm. of it. I mean, you have to know that. the
1: But Iran's different because the, they control the entire Iranian government. Iranian government. Like, if you, if you control yeah. Soleimani, like, yeah. fuck Ayatollah Khomeini. Fuck yeah. the president. Fuck any of those guys. They don't have any real yeah. power. The real power is in the military. Mm. Exactly, right? yeah. And there is no one more powerful in that country than the guy that is
0: roasting on the side of the highway right now. What's, what's the significance of the red flag being raised? Um, a lot of people are posting about that today. Uh, it's never been raised in the history of the country of Iran. Uh, uh, the, what, what does it mean exactly and what does it stand I for? I think,
2: you know, they can, the Iranians are using all kind of uh, threats and all kind of shows right now. To show Has people that existed we're existed before, to go because
0: again, for ignorant Americans, when I see something like that, there's a lot of people going, "Oh no, this this whatever. is real bad."
2: Just yeah. whatever. It's, it's basically you know, like, like
1: Sylvester Stallone turning yeah. his hat around backwards and over the top. Oh uh, yeah, well I
0: mean, but he did something. Whatever. Yeah, well,
2: I, think, <laughs> I think you know what, Iran right now is in trouble. I mean, we're talking real here. Iran right now is psychologically exhausted. Um, they don't know what to do. If they don't answer back this is kind of a break in their dignity mm. if they don't take the revenge back for a money for the best guy they ever had. If they do answer back, it's going to cost them even more losses. And they're trying to keep themselves from losing their grip in the whole entire Middle East. I if mean, they're
1: smart, they'll be the, going after a political win and not a military exactly. win, in my So
2: I think now Iran is going to, through a period of thinking. What is the best step they can take next? Uh, I know that the generals talk a lot of crap. They come out, we're going to you know, like Joel Ismail Kani came out and said the new replacement. He said it's going to be more American bodies in the Middle East. But we've already been in war with these guys. Mm-hmm. Since 2003, we've been in war with them. Since they started communicating with Al-Qaeda and helping against our American soldiers. Yeah. So we've been in war with them. Is just not directing, not we, confronting indirectly, them. Indirectly, yeah. yeah. Not, well, we've been it's in, indirect. We've
1: been... We've been Against them and on their side yeah. since the fucking early 80s. Yeah. Since the Iran-Iraq shit popped off, we were kind of supporting both sides in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. But uh, once Iraq won, um, we were still propping up Iranian-led Shia militias and shit like that. That's yeah. where Maktad al-Sadr's goddamn dad came from in the first place. Is the, yeah. Look, the U.S. government's never blameless and shit. Exactly. The problem is that Soleimani has been the general of the Quds Force since 1998. Trump's been president for three and a half years. Not even that, actually. And he may not be president after a year from now. And he may be president for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. after that, he definitely won't be. We, do, we change power and we change our ideals once every four to eight years. Yeah. Like clockwork. We always do it. So these other countries don't do this shit. We think in microwave terms like, oh, that was Obama that did that. Iran doesn't give a fuck who it was that did it.
2: Exactly, they look at it as America who did. Yeah, right.
1: So they they, like that's why nobody understood the elections in Iraq the first time. They were like or Afghanistan the same way. They were like, uh, "There's a leader in power, everything's fine. Why are we voting?" Like they don't they didn't understand the concept at first.
2: It's the same thing. People overseas don't know anything about our politics.
1: Yeah. They don't know that we yeah. like peacefully change yeah. power every four years. Yeah. They don't realize. Every two really with Congress. Really?
2: Yeah. They don't. It's it's, like, it's a foreign idea. So it's many funny. people like overseas says, you know, but you're the one who made these guys. You'll find many Iraqis are going to be like, well, you're the one who made them get active and take over Iraq. You handed it to them because they don't understand. It's two different governments, two different political parties. Mm-hmm. And each political party in America has his own agenda and his own, yeah, 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 they don't realize that overseas
1: and that's what that's yeah. what concerns me about the, the talks that are certainly yeah. happening in Iran right now like yeah. all their generals and intelligence officers are in rooms right now discussing what they should do the problem is is that a lot of those guys are afraid to come out and say look if we do something too crazy America's gonna fuck us up because that is not alpha enough yeah. and you will get killed for saying some shit like that like Khomeini can look at anybody in that room like no shit legally speaking he can look at anybody in the room like hey kill him Somebody will fucking shoot that guy right there. He has that yeah. power. He's an absolute dictator. So, under a dictatorial rule, they shot not- a
2: rocket last night on on the U.S. embassy. Actually, mm. they, they were pointing it towards the U.S. embassy, and it fell halfway on an Iraqi family. It's like I think it killed five people. Oh, That's something Christ. you heard from your buddies yeah. over there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just so, just because they don't have the technology for it, or what, what I mean,
2: happens in a case like I that? I always wonder. These are just militias, or doing things out of anger. Mm. Um. And you can see since the killing of Soleimani, uh, there was not much discipline anymore. There was not much communications. Because Soleimani, Abu Mehdi, Mohandas were basically the, the commanders who gave all these orders. And now they're busy trying to bury Soleimani. The new guy is busy at the funeral. Um, there's, there's no order. They're pretty, uh, they're very, like, weak right now. Yeah. And everybody's doing his own thing. Um, th- there was a few changes that happened in the last 24 hours. Muqtada al-Sadr, he activated his militia, al Madi militia, back to being more of a military militia versus uh, being a political party. Um, yeah,
1: we f- that's, that's who Jared and I fought in yeah. Sadr City all those back years. Back in, t- in
2: 2005, yeah. this, this was big, big.
1: And they're still there in the region? Still there, yeah. And so in 2005, yeah. America left Sadr City altogether. Yeah. They just like, fuck this. Because there's four million goddamn people there. Right. And his allies. Everybody is a McTaddle Al-Sadr fan, yeah. basically. and
2: We talked about him in our last show when he I did, was here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like the the, the, the mentally ill oh, guy yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah, he's Saddam executed yeah. all his family yeah. and left him, and uh, he had four <laughs> million followers were willing to die for him, so. And, and that's why I'm asking, yeah.
0: do we still have troops
2: there? We do, in yeah. Sodder City yeah. No, no, no. no okay. Not in Sodder City. Not what? No, no way. we don't. Every <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, we, look,
0: you're we don't. laughing at that, yeah. way. So you're like, we got the fuck out of there. It's, it's like a ghetto place. My
2: That's unit went there. there. <laughs> my yeah. when,
1: my unit went there. We were about eight hundred meters away from Soder City and uh, we had about, I don't know, six hundred people. And there's four million people right here just like waiting. Oof. Yeah. And we every time we would drive into that city, we would it's we just get in gunfights the That's whole light. time we're there until we leave.
2: That's why education is very important when it comes to Americans to understand really what is going on over there is extremely important. And this is an example to show you that we have four million Iraqis who was following a guy who has no education, has no background, because he he happened to be the son of a religious figure. And that's just to show you that if you don't educate yourself about what's happening politically and you keep thinking uh, just in American politics inside of the American box, you you will not understand what's happening. You'll be just as ignorant of these guys who are following Muqtada al-Sadr in Iraq because you can't follow blindly. That's the problem is that um, we had to make this move whether Trump or Obama or anybody else was in the White House. We had to take care of Soleimani. We had to make that airstrike because he was going to go after American lives. He was planning to take Americans. And if you look close they've been targeting the same exact group since my time. What was my whole story is about? They were trying to target American officers who are building the new Iraqi military, mm-hmm. officers who are <laughs> actually working with Iraqi bases. That's what my whole story is about. That's where I went undercover. That's where I was trying to identify who is who, who is against us, who is with us, and build um, a dossiers and CVs of every single person we were dealing with. But they're always... Always try to target the individuals who are closer to the Iraqis, basically the ones that are working with them. So they've been always targeting the same thing, but we have not learned from our mistakes. We're we're always making it clear to them, a clear target for them. I understand we're training the Iraqi military. I, I was part of it. But I think that we need to train them inside of our own bases. Yeah, versus us being inside of their bases because they do have access to the Iraqi bases yeah. and the militias recently kind of embedded themselves with the Iraqi military. They kind of became the more dominant power over the Iraqi military. So basically, Abu Mahdi al uh could could ha- he was given orders to some Iraqi division commanders.
0: So let me ask you this: yeah. if if they did pull all the American troops out of there, yeah, what happens to the country of Iraq?
2: It would be fucked.
0: It would be Iran in two weeks.
2: I'll explain to you how, how Iraq will be done.
0: Please.
1: Like, they'll kill all the Sunni. First. Like, all the Sunni will be dead.
2: It, n- not, not that necessary that will happen, but you've t- you got to talk about financially what's going to happen. Mm. First, Iraq will have sanctions on it. Second, the world will not be dealing with Iraq anymore financially. What sources does Iraq have right now to survive? We don't have any local products. We don't make crap. We don't sell a damn thing to anybody.
0: No Harris teeters or nothing. Well, there are <laughs> no hooters, nothing.
2: You're talking about we don't even make yogurt. We buy it from Iran. You know? Really? Like, yes, like we Iran's we're liquidating a lot of their products in Iraq, selling mm. it to Iraqis. So that's the thing is that if we go if the US troops pull out of Iraq today and Iraq owes so much money, what is Iraq gonna do? And for the ones that are asking for the U- U.S. military to leave, you do realize there's 24 mil- million people protesting against you. When those guys goes hungry, when those guys get hungry, they're gonna eat you alive. Mm. That's what happened so,
1: when we invaded Iraq. Like it's not so work. everybody that was Republican Guard or whatever, they took yeah. their uniforms off. They're like, "Fuck this, we're not fighting for this guy anymore." Yeah. Shit, I mean, if if you just go by pure numbers in the country. Yeah. Uh uh six or seven percent were Kurdish and and, and uh eighty percent were fucking Shia. They didn't like the bath party or Saddam. So they yeah. just took their uniforms off and left. And we stupidly were like, Well, we don't have anything to do with you, just go home. I lived so they during go, the
2: sanctions in Iraq.
1: Yeah, they go home and then they're poor.
2: And it's nothing
1: bad. nothing breeds crime and violence more yeah. than poverty, ever. It's bad. It doesn't matter what country you're in, whether it's downtown yeah. Chicago or if it's fucking downtown Baghdad. I, if people are poor and there's an opportunity to use violence to get what they need, that's what they're going to do, period. How, how bad
0: was it?
2: I will never forget every meal I ate. Really? Yes. It's bad. So, you know, the, the young Iraqi generation right now they didn't live that. They lived a great time. That's the time of the Americans coming into mm-hmm. Iraq. Sanctions means terrible ideas. Sanctions means you're not going to eat the same bread anymore. You're going to eat less quality bread. It means you're not going to have enough food. You're not going to have enough money. You're not going to have enough jobs. Uh, you're going to be in debt. It's going to be hard, and we're already going through that, literally, because the Iraqi government right now, mm. the Iranian, Iraqi Iranian government are stealing the people. It's almost like organized
1: it's- crime over there, really. I mean, that's the way it's. I, I, I would tell like you. Anybody that's got a big enough stick can come fucking take all your shit.
2: I ate one of, some of the most disgusting things in my, world, mm. my life mm. it, during the sections the Iraq.
0: What was the worst thing you had?
2: I mean, you're talking about, so an example, no, not many people could afford to eat meat during that time. Meat was very expensive, and meat was not like a set price like we have here in America. It was like the stock market how expensive meat was, one day meat will be like four times worth of whatever, and one day it may come down a little bit, but it always been expensive, people couldn't afford it. So you have to find alternative vegetables that you have to eat to survive. And some people couldn't afford certain things. I mean, I ate bread, you know, was given like, it's like a they were given people, you know, like basically flour to make bread out of, to to survive. Because people didn't have anything during the sanctions. It, It was a rough time. For many Iraqis who remember that, trust me, they'll remember the taste of everything they were eating. And I still remember I ate the darkest bread i ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was dark. And when you eat it, it has such a, like, funky taste. It was not even like a white flour. It was something. Yeah. Whatever it was. And I had an uncle that worked at the Iraqi um, – Uh, Like he worked at the Iraqi like Ministry of Supplies and kind of knew where these supplies come from. And he was like, don't eat that bread. (laughs) And I was like, why? But sometimes that's the only thing you have to eat. And he goes, sometimes they don't have enough flour to give to like 20 million Iraqis or whatever. He said, they'll throw a bunch of plastic in the machine. And he says, sometimes they'll throw basically old sandals, shred them. But then with the, with the flour, yeah. and the Iraqi people were eating that. And things were extremely expensive. I remember looking at cheese, and cheese was something you get as a treat during a holiday. I remember eating a, a cow tongue.
0: because Just a like straight-up cow tongue.
2: Straight up cocktail because meat was so expensive. People in
1: the US eat that sometimes. Yeah, but it's disgusting. Yeah, but they're fucked. They're yeah. fucked. They're, they're yeah, like fucked when you people.
2: eat it and you couldn't afford meat because it reminds you of the taste of meat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Th- that's why I was like, for, for the new generation of Iraq, my advice to them do not. And, and they already are. They're already fighting. They're already saying the Burlaman does not represent me. And I hope, which it is, President Trump pays attention to what the Iraqi people want. President Trump should not pull the troops based on what Iran wants. They, we should not let them use the excuse of Qasem Soleimani to give them what they want. We paid the price of giving them what they want a long time ago. And we need to stop doing that. We need to look into what our, for our best interest as Americans to do. We don't have to pull out the troops out of Iraq. It's 50 people inside the parliament paid by Iran decided that, not the Iraqi people. The Iraqi people are protesting. They want a good, great relationship with the United States. They don't want any, any influence of Iran inside of their own country. They want to live in peace. They don't want Iran. That's their bottom line. But we don't have to listen to that. We don't have to pull out. And, and you know, I like the strategy that Trump used. Trump said, you know, I built a lot of new bases over there, and they cost a lot of money. So unless you pay for the bases, I'll pull out. And they don't have that money. So how are they going to get him out? And they've already been talking like in the last 48 hours that we're going we're gonna to bring China. We're going to do a deal with China. No. This is, ain't happening. If you go under sections, you're finished as a country and your people will go hungry. And I will, I will say this. I will give them like maybe two months if the troops pull out of Iraq. Two months. You will see all these politicians being chewed by the Iraqi people inside of the green zone.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there any shot? And I know this is going to sound crazy. Is there any shot at a, at a hope for a democracy in either Iraq or Iran anytime soon?
1: In a in Iran,
0: uh, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, Iran had a democratically elected president before we went yeah. and killed him, right? In, in the 1960s. So we should, probably should have. No, no we not we done didn't that. kill
2: him, uh, Al shah
1: Yeah. Well, we helped.
2: We brought him here to to the U.S. Yeah. Actually, you know, Al uh, Asha, uh Basically, Khamenei, the, the one who died, who was basically the, mm-hmm. the brother yeah. of the Karen ruler, yeah. he's the one that took over from him. So basically they had a revolution. That's when they attacked the U.S. embassy in, in Iran, and they took over from that government. And most of those guys in the royal family of Iran immigrated to the United States Gosh, gotcha. and became – they live here. Most of them living in California. Yes, has does, passed does away. Iraq,
0: is, is, is there uh, any shot at a democracy in back Iraq? Back to your
2: question – Iran, it's hard because they're being controlled by these rulers, but Iraq
0: let's say we took him out. Let's say Trump, Look, you know, just press: Iraq it. is
2: already living as democracy, despite what's happening. Who would have thought 24 million Iraqis would stand up today against Iran? Who would have that? Do you know when is the last time we had a protest before Saddam Hussein?: We never did. Really? Because we were scared. Saddam would have <laughs> cut our heads immediately if someone went out and protested against Saddam. We did not have an actual protest until about 2003, but you're talking about a new generation, as I said in the last show, that grew up non-interfere, had internet, had social media, they knew what's like in the outside world, and they're not afraid anymore. That's why Soleimani was sniping some of these protesters, shooting them in the head, because they were protesting for their rights. And that was the style Soleimani always used against them. But Iraq is already living through his democracy because you have people standing up, you have people asking for freedom.
0: Why isn't the media then showing us any of this? Because before you came on the show, I've never seen one. Video one photo of twenty four million Iraqi people protesting.
2: Uh, m- m- our uh, Mike Pompeo he posted a video of people pro- uh, people celebrating the killing of Qasem Soleimani. Literally the moment he was he was airstrike. He did yeah, he and, did. It, and it looked like
0: I would say this. It looked like a few thousand people. No, no. If you, but not twenty four million. No, people. no. If
2: you go to Midtown Baghdad, mm-hmm. if you look into how many protesters. I mean, you're talking about ten million. That's just nothing. Showed up to protest. There there are some people who left their, you know, wives and kids. It's not the whole country that come to this little place because they wouldn't fit in. Right. But if you looked into when Iraqis came out to protest, you couldn't see a a thing. It was just heads, millions of them. I mean, it's the majority of Iraqis. Right. That's what they are. And they were all protesting. And they were getting killed. They were getting shot. It it was terrible. But—
0: um, Again, we've never, I've never heard the anything media, about it. You know it. why? Yeah.
2: Because that's the problem. The media wants to show... The media has a certain agenda here. And, and I, I'm sorry to say that, whether it's left no, or right... I,
0: I, I believe it, by the way. and It's, it's 100% and right. true. But the the, the videos and photos that I've seen have come from the other side of the media saying, look yeah. at the people protesting the death of yeah. Soleimani. Yeah, i this.
2: I'll tell you this, Ross. Like Media here, left and right want to kind of they're in competition pretty much they're in competition they both have a a point to prove agreed yeah but none of them is really giving you or broadcasting the truth it's all their points they're all their agenda that's why i don't watch any tv Mm. because it's is worthless if i want to find out something i talk to my people over there and they tell me exactly what happened you know and the the media here i think is more concentrated how they can make trump look bad How could they say, well, Trump didn't make the right decision. He bombed Soleimani. I think if he kills Hitler, they would say he made a a bad decision. If Hitler was alive and Trump would airstrike Hitler, they would say he made a bad decision. That's the thing because they don't think. They really don't think. They don't know the background to this. They don't know how significant the killing of these individuals in the Middle East. I mean, right now, I think that we just caught, we just caught the dirty arm Iran used. It just got caught, mm. and that's what's happening in the Middle East right now.
1: Yeah, and this shit. None of these decisions were made in a vacuum. For the last, like I said, for the last month and a half before this airstrike happened, Iraqis had been openly protesting Iranian Shia Iraqis had been openly protesting Iranian involvement in their government. Like that's, I don't, I don't know how to. To quantify that, in, in a way that would make sense to American people, would be like, I, I don't know, it'd be like if if uh, Boris Johnson came over here and started talking about conservatism, and people in the South threw him out. Like that would never happen. It's like right.
2: it's like Catholics protesting against the Pope. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, this is the highest religious figure for the Shiite in Iraq, and now in Iraq and Iran. And now you have Shia Iraqis are out protesting against them. This is his best, strongest grip, is the religion uh, aspect of it. And now they don't care about that anymore because they got educated. And what he does is he accuses America of influencing them because they used to be those blind sheeps that followed, like that guy we're talking about had four million followers because they're idiots. Right. They're not educated. They don't know better. But I can assure you some of these followers to Muqtada Sadr. Their kids and their daughters, not so, sure about that right so things are changing demographically in Iraq. Education is changing. Uh, people have, as I said, Internet is a, ma- is a major weapon uh, when it comes to education. sometimes even if we don't put this education in school, those kids will go educate themselves on it on, on their own. So this scares the Ayatollah. Scares him. It terrifies him. He's not afraid when Sunnis goes after him. When Sunnis, when Sunni Muslims speaks against him, because these are his competitors. It makes him stronger. It gets his own allies to get closer around him. But it scares him when actual Shiad, who are supposed to be followers to him, stand up against him, and that scares him. And that's why they were looking to do anything in Iraq, any kind of a trick, any kind of an attack, just to come that movement, to calm the movement of the Iraqi people that are rising against the Iranian influence. So they thought that by attacking American bases, by, by starting a conflict with America, it would kind of put the protests and put the people aside because now we're busy doing that. But once again, going back to Soleimani, getting Soleimani before he made any of these moves and perhaps we killed the ones who were going to execute this operation. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I heard they were, they were briefed on attacking where to attack. They were briefed. And Soleimani showed up to actually make the last touches of it. Mm-hmm. And Soleimani got fried right there with uh, Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis. And perhaps al um was wanted for attacking one of our embassies in, in Kuwait.
0: What do you think they do with that hand, by the way? Who gets to keep that? Um, they'll throw it in the ocean, probably. Really? Yeah. I did not know if they'd return it or how that works. No. I mean... Because they said his body was blown to shreds. Like, what, what do you do with it then? Is it? They what, throw what's it the, in the protocol? A, do you deliver it back to They throw it in the Iran? bag and give it back to his bo- to his family,
1: usually. What really? You, like, yeah. you mean
2: look, the remains? Yes. No, the remains got put in a plastic bag, yeah. and that's what I heard. It got put in a plastic bag, and they, they were given to the Iranians. Yeah, usually, in the hand? It, it, I think everything, because... Um, Nobody took anything because they showed up immediately and they picked up everything. There were Uh, nine other
1: people killed there, so I'm sure everybody got a fucking.
2: They knew him from the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I I got a funny story about the ring the ring is supposed to be like anti uh, bullets. Except it wasn't uh, rocket-proof. It wasn't
1: rated for <laughs> rockets, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that was that real? Yeah. He needed was, a better, ring is bulletproof? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, that's what they believe. They believe this is something that was given by the Ayatollah. Uh-huh. And this is like a, a very common thing, saying, oh, he has a ring that's against bullets. Because they like to glorize the, the, their commanders. So it's kind of funny when... That's should have ever heard. Yeah, was it
0: like Wonder Woman? We were just going to no, hold no, out No,
2: It really is like supposed to keep you like kind of uh, with a good luck. Oh, gotcha, gotcha,
0: and, gotcha. And, gotcha. you know, when
2: they saw the ring, they were like, well, probably the Ayatollah screwed up and forgot to give you the ring that's rocket-proof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they found he, – he was shredded, by the way. And I don't know if you guys saw the videos I posted recently. Yeah, yeah. So what th- this is very interesting. I, I just did a video yesterday, and it was a picture of a penis. Uh, actually thrown on the side of the road. And yeah. I believe, believe it was Soleimani's penis. Um, so he was shredded, like his bottom. Do they body, really believe that was his? his he, dick? Yeah, his bottom body was like in parts, wow. like really, like the bottom, like all the way down, like all up to his hips, it was like gone, like cut in parts. Um. So
1: shouldn't have been standing there. So basically,
2: <laughs> basically, I, I received threats. Just about maybe maybe hours after the killing of Soleimani, I started getting like crazy amount of threats on Instagram. And what what it was, it was basically, uh, I was posted <laughs> like any other American celebrating the killing of Qasem Soleimani. Sure. And I, you know, I operated against his operatives back in the day. You'll see that in the film. And um, I celebrated just like anybody else. I made a post. And immediately, I had comments in there. And these appeared not to be American comments. They were written in Arabic. Some of them were written in Farsi. And what got my interest is that there was a comment that was made there, and the comment exactly said this. It says, glory and mercy to the ones that died and shame on, on America, traitors and its agent, calling me basically a traitor. So usually I would kind of like it's, it's a normal thing for me. You know, when they talk shit from overseas. We're going to kill you. We're going to say, I'm like, well, if you can make it here, I'll be waiting for you. (laughs) But what interests me, the guy was in uniform. Like he was wearing a perfect uniform. It looked like an officer uniform. So I immediately before replying, literally like it was seconds that comment went on. Uh It was right hours after the killing of Soleimani. And I clicked on that profile immediately. And it looked like of an Iraqi pilot. But I look at the pictures. And the pictures of that individual who left me that comment was actually in Fort Worth, Texas. And he was standing right in front of Lockheed Martin uh-huh. with a certificate in it. And the certificate says on the bottom, F-16. And I looked close. I immediately like, made like six, seven screenshots. And it, during that moment, it took like seconds. You're talking about 30, 40 seconds. Sure. And during that f- 30, 40 seconds, that person closed his account. But I made the screenshots fast enough, and I looked. This was actually an Iraqi F-16 pilot who came here, trained inside the United States to fly the F-16, and who's probably back in Iraq right now, sitting next to an F-16. But why would he leave such a comment to me? Yeah. What it got me to know is this was an Iranian double agent. But when Soleimani got killed, he lost his cool. He got angry. And the first thing he saw was me posting because clearly they were following me yeah. under the table. And I never knew. I had so many Iranian operatives were following me. And when I say Iranian operatives, these are not ordinary citizens. These are people who actually follows me and they collect intelligence basically <clears throat> to what the American public is thinking.
1: Well, they can't be a whole lot of those guys cuz they only have 36 F16s.
2: No no, right? I, I, I'm talking about like the Iranians. Um so these guys are basically we're following collecting stuff, but they never show, you never see these accounts. There's mm-hmm. no some of them will actually make accounts that look like American accounts. Bunch of jets and American jets or um, people with cool American gear and it's not American. This actually accounts being operating from Tehran, Iran.
0: Just cuz they want to know the general opinion. They
2: they want to know the general opinion because we can tell what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. They want to know how they can tell what's happening inside right now, how they can know what our media is saying, because that helps them to make a decision and when is the right to respond. You well, that's, They're
1: making a huge mistake if they're basing on that because Trump does not give two fucks what people it, think. Exa- you know? But, you know,
2: you're dealing with, with an, <laughs> we're dealing with an enemy that likes to do his homework. So long story short is I was freaked out, not that this person might come after me, I'm used to that. You know, I'm, I'm considered a spy and a traitor in my own country. I basically worked for the United States Intelligence against them, which they're considering themselves whatever. Sure. So they call me a spy. But what I got worried about is that that guy has an F-16 sitting next to him in Iraq. He can fly the Iraqi airspace. He's probably patrolling the Iraqi airspace at that time. And this will be shocking for our troops. This guy can actually conduct strikes on our troops. He can be right in the air and he will change his mind, and he lost it based on anger. Because these are two, not just regular generals, these are religious figures for this guy. Right. And I think he realized he made a mistake by expressing, because I happen to be someone who shares the same background with him, and he expressed his anger. So I immediately called the FBI, and I spoke to somebody because I wasn't sure if he's still in Fort Worth. And he had uh pictures actually him in a gun range. I think it's called outdoor gun range or something in Fort Worth, Texas. And I immediately called the FBI and I, I gave them the information. I spent like half an hour on the phone. I gave him information and I said, I'm not they're like, Are you worried about your life? I said, I'm not worried about my life. What I'm worried about that this guy's already back in Iraq. And if if an embassy gets attacked. If a quick reaction force come in to help, this guy could be attacking us. Um, And I hope that they're taking actions. I hope that. I hear that a lot of things that don't get transferred so fast or sometimes agencies don't care or whatever. But I wanted to make sure I held them accountable that this guy has that capability to take American lives. And that's just to show you how much they embedded, how much Soleimani and his operative have embedded inside of Iraq to the point that they were sending people to be trained by us inside of the United States. And I'm going to, like, in Newsmax um, in a couple days to talk about that. It's scary. And this is what I basically did to try to figure out who is who back in the day, building those dossiers on them to figure out who is really being influential, who is recruiting people, who are these people. And it scared me to know that this person came all the way down here, stood in one of the most important places in America. Lockheed Martin is a big company. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of our jets are being made over there. And this guy got not only to be there, he got to train right. and learn how to fly it. It scares me.
0: Well, the, the last thing I'll bring up here um, is there was a lot of articles that came out about what might happen, what is going to happen, what the retaliation is going to be from Iran. There was one article in particular that said that we already had sleeper cells within the United States that we don't know about. Is that true or false? Absolutely true. It is.
2: Perhaps some of the sleeping cells are already making their opinions public on social media. Yeah. If you don't know that.
1: Yeah, and like I said Mm -hmm. before, I mean, everybody knows it's not terribly difficult to get into this country if you're committed enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that the primary figure in this instance— has had a direct relationship with South American narco-terrorists for the last 20 years who were primarily responsible for creating at least the the environment and circumstances under which our border is under so much attack. Uh, that, to me,
0: says absolutely there are people here. Yes.
2: I'll tell you one thing. Whew. They don't have to cross any borders. They're already inside. Oh, yeah. Mark my word.
0: What would be the number you, would, you guys would Put oh, there's no it. way to know.
2: I, I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> it's easy. It's not. I mean, it's hard for an American to an average American to know who these people are because they're like, oh, you know, you're talking about people we don't see. No, you see them every day. Trust me. These are individuals who were brought here back in the day uh, during the first Gulf War, mostly majority or Shiite. So early
0: nineties. Yep,
2: yeah, majority were Shiite who escaped away, went to Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. We call them the basically uh, prisoners of Rafha. They were kept in an area in Saudi Arabia it's called Rafa. So these individuals came to this country. They were in, in they came in a, through the UN. They came here as refugees. I'm not gonna say this about every one of them. Some of them have uh worked hard and became good members of society. A lot of them have been living on government assistance for the last twenty five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. They support Iran. Their main loyalty is to Iran and Ayatollah. And some of them has been making a clear statement, which I have screenshots, I have everything of that. Making a clear statement about the imam, the hitting imam, Imam al mahdi like the Shia believe on the hitting imam that will show up one day and rule the world. They're believing that, oh, the killing of Soleimani, actually maybe finally our imam will show up and we're going to rule the world. That's the mentalities I'm talking about lives here inside of the United States. Jesus Christ And these individuals have been living on government assistance, and I repeat that clearly. majority of them has been living of our tax money.
0: For years and years and years
2: Years and years and years. you know what so you know why? would you want to know why they're defending the Ayatollah? Why are they defending the Iraqi government too? Because the Iraqi government, because some of them have became part of the Iraqi government that Iran pointed. They made a law where every one of them was considered a prisoner of war or a political prisoner. I mean, look, I went to prison in Saddam time. I didn't get one cent. The Iraqi government paid them from 1991 to this day a salary, a monthly salary. So, Do you know how much each one of them received from the Iraqi government? They receive tons of money. This is money they don't show in their tax, and at least about every single one of them gets about $1,200 a month. So imagine when there's a big family that lives in a Section 8, seven, nine of them lives in the same house, plenty of kids, so the food stamp could be bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger, and they can make more money. Each one of them get about $1,200 a month. And probably the first payment was from 1991 to how many years they've been here. Some of, them have not, some of them have been born here. And they received a huge lump of money from the Iraqi government. And that's the reason why. They support the Ayatollah and they support this government in Iraq. Because they're making money. Yeah. They are rich under the table. And at the same time, they are taking our tax money on the daily basis, living off our food stamp, uh, taking everything.
0: So when you say they're in plain sight and I see them every day, like if I go down to my kebab shop, is that dude fucking sleeper cell? What do we do?
2: <clears throat> you would know they're the ones actually, they don't work. They don't have jobs. Uh, if they do have jobs, it's end of the table. It's only cash ah. because they can't show money because they're in government assistance. Okay. Um, these individuals are easy to know. I mean, our agencies know exactly who these people are. And perhaps the fact they're confident, they're not scared. They're already making their opinions public. A lot of the leaders in that community is making their opinion public. Mm. They are writing statements about basically anti-American statements. And that's the thing. That's the messed up thing as an Iraqi that I see about America is that you have somebody who is speaking against this country, who is basically supporting the enemy of this country's. But we say, oh, it's you know, it's freedom of this speech. They can do whatever. And they're already citizens of this country. So this is something should be done about that. Something should be done about that to prevent these people from – I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know what, they will do uh, terrorist attacks. No, they won't. They won't. Okay. They're, benef- they're benefiting out of us. If you think about it, they're taking our money, our tax money, our food stamps. Yeah. And, but what they're doing is their support is not for this country their supporters to Iran and Ayatollah and the Iraqi government that's paying them money. Mm. And these are us sleeping cells. Yeah, they do watch us. They watch every th- single thing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them communicate with the Iranian government. And I know exactly what their jobs with the Iranian government are. They collect our public opinion. Psychologically, they like to know what we think as a nation. Because if there is a majority that doesn't think Trump made the right decision, they would like to know when they can make their decision, when it's the right time to strike back.
0: They don't even have to put people in the country. They just go on Twitter, American Twitter. Um, (laughs) 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 Look, man, it's it's always a joy having you on. Uh, Shit, every time I get caught up in it, I just wrapped up in it. Uh, Now's the point in the show, we get to the drinking bro of the week. Dan, I know you wanted to uh, give this to uh, the 82nd uh, Airborne. Um, what is in it? general yeah yeah it's 3500 troops got sh- shipped something out? like that yeah it's the uh, first brigade and that was yours no i was in second, yeah, it was the second. Yeah. yeah this is uh red falcons so when that happens because there's been a lot of talk on the news about it um this is the first time by the way i've, I've heard it mentioned by name where they actually named a regiment on like cnn mm-hmm. um at least to me Like, all this is a shitty situation. At least these troops are getting credit of like, hey, man, this is where they're coming from, this is who they are, everything Mm -hmm. else, and they're coming out of Fort Bragg. Before, that never used to happen.
1: No, it's interesting to me. Like, uh, I was going to say earlier when, back in the day when McChrystal requested a bunch of extra soldiers for Mm -hmm. uh, Afghanistan, uh, he was having trouble getting word back from dc and blah 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 and then finally they found out about it uh on television i think they saw that obama was announcing sending x amount of soldiers i don't remember how many it was but it's like we're going to send these soldiers over to help secure shit and we're going to withdraw them in 18 months and everybody in the room is like what the fuck dude like opsec is you don't say when or where or how ever and he just told them when
2: not surprised
1: that's fucking stupid man so look it's weird to me like well i don't know i I, there were even back in 2007 so jared and i were off dicking around on on christmas leave we get a call on the 27th of december and they're like hey you guys are deploying like okay when like the 30th like oh shit (laughs) all right cool so we had to come back and blah 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 uh and there was some news about like hey some guys are deploying the surge I don't know. I, I, I value privacy when it comes to my life.
0: Mm.
1: Particularly when it's on the line, literally. Like I, I, I this this whole fucking uh idea that the general that the general public needs to know in depth details about military operations or why what intelligence made a president make a decision like this. Get fucked, dude. Look, if you don't like him, and you don't trust him, vote him out of office. but if you're gonna if he's gonna be there shut your fucking mouth
0: and let him do what he does um so who finds out this information then and outs them oh we essentially
1: we we tell people okay like there's no uh i I don't think it's i don't think it was outed like it was announced by the white house
0: oh by the white house okay (laughs)
1: and the reason it's the 82nd airborne is because there's always one unit inside of the 18th airborne Corps, inside of core so to speak so it's like Tenth Mountain, third ID and and uh eighty second airborne and somebody is always on what's called DRF, Division Ready Force One, and you're deployable within eighteen hours. And it's um, media
2: pressure too. Oh yeah. Media is putting pressure
1: yeah. to know what's going on. And it would be hard to disguise who it was anyways. There's so much so much logistics involved in getting thirty five hundred people from here to Iraq. Sure. There's no way to keep it secret. So you may as well just tell people. That's, that's something that you can say, well, we told you we're sending these people specifically, I guess. Maybe they're trying to buy some points with it. Uh, frankly, I don't think it's anybody's goddamn business what we do over there. Yeah. Um, you can vote on policies, and then we'll go execute that policy. But while we're gone,
0: shut the fuck up. Yeah, did you tell Pelosi you were coming on the show today? No. Should have. Should have, Dan. Uh, <laughs> no. How many? Where can everybody find you on social media?
2: I'm uh, on Instagram. I am uh, the the terrorist dash whisperer. The same name of my film, my book, and I, I know a lot of people were commenting when I was here the last show. Yeah, man, that, that episode exploded. What's the name of the film? Um, it's the, the same name of my book, the mm-hmm. terrorist whisper. Uh, it is the first military intelligence documentary to be released to the public, and it's actually a great tool to give you education of what the Iranians' influence in Iraq was, because these are the people I battled back in my time. And uh, when the scale was 50-50 and now, you know, things have changed. But this will be the best education if you need to know about what was happening and, and who, the, who are these individuals and who really our enemies are.
0: Uh, Look, if if you haven't read the book, uh, I highly recommend it. Check out the film as well. Thank you for being here. Uh, For our video, folks, um, this will be the end of of part one of this. Uh, For our audio, folks, uh, we will have a part two, again, with uh, Matt Best, Evan Hafer, and Jared Taylor coming up shortly. Subscribe on YouTube. uh, For the video, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Audio-wise, Spotify, iTunes, uh, we are on every single outlet, obviously, that you could possibly Get a podcast or illegally bootleg one because we're on a bunch of weird apps that we don't even know about that keep popping up every day. Uh, For Danthony, Danthony Oh, by the way,
1: the Eddie Second unit is is the Devils, not the Falcons. That's mine. I got a little greedy.
2: Ooh,
0: look at you. You got a a little greedy. I think they're the Red Devils or something like that. Okay. It happens, Dan. We all get a little greedy Ooh. these days. I get a little greedy with this mustache today. It <laughs> looks, looks nice. Yeah. Uh, for Danton and Anthony Holloway, how many just seem? I am Ross Patterson. We're the drinking bros. Good night, everyone.